G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We're going to be talking about the Jesus Revolution. And we've got a Jesus Revolutionary with us in the studio today. Uh, His name's Phil Spence. He's a seasoned Christian singer-songwriter who's been in ministry and seen his influence expand into nations and spheres around the world. He's toured Australia, the Pacific Island nations, including PNG, which I'm excited to chat about. Uh, He's been in Europe, Africa, uh, and even in Russia. He's recently released a new album called Revolution. The feature song is called Revolution, inspired by the Jesus Revolution of the 70s. We're going to be playing that track as well a little bit, bit later on in the program. Phil's journey is one of music and ministry together. And we're going to hear a bit of his story today. Welcome along, the man, the myth, the legend, Phil Smith. How are you, my friend? Uh, good, thank you, Matt. <laughs> We've met a couple of times recently, and uh, I thought, I've got to get this guy on the radio. He's got a good story to tell. Uh, let's find out a bit of your background. Where were you born and raised? Well, I was born in Melbourne, but raised in Papua New Guinea. My parents were missionaries there for uh, two decades, and so grew up in the jungle uh, in a missionary family. And uh, we still have a base there today as a result of um, my parents' Uh, work there and um, uh, have an inherited sphere of influence uh, in Papua New Guinea as a result. And because they didn't just preach the gospel and start churches, but they also did education, um, the the outcome now, a generation later, is that we have people who are in the top echelons of the nation that uh, came from our area and through our school. And um, so that's uh, pretty amazing to see the generational impact of the kingdom of God. Okay, now I want to just park it there and talk about Papua New Guinea for a bit. Um, as you know, I just got back uh, about 10 days ago. I did yeah. 11 days over there. We saw uh, 863 people come to Christ. Yeah. We preached at Crusades. We preached in outreaches. We had a conference. It was just the most amazing time. Uh, and there's something about the hunger for God in PNG that is contagious. Uh, tell us your earlier experiences, you know, growing up as a, as a young fellow there. Um, what, what did it look like for you? Well, my, my dad was really an evangelist, and so the thing he loved to do was to get out to new places and you know, preach the gospel and get a whole bunch of people come to Christ and, and then help them to build a structure of some sort to meet under and uh, all those kind of things. My mum was a teacher, uh, not by education but by calling, and, um, and so she would follow up with the discipleship, and they were a great team. you know. Um, I actually gave my life to the Lord when I was nine years old, um, I we were at a missionary conference and one of the missionaries was going out to do a night meeting and I don't know why but I asked if I could go, so there's just this you know Australian missionary and me uh, in this you know this um, you know I don't know jungle hut if you will yeah uh, with about forty or fifty people mm-hmm. and um, anyway preached the gospel and when the altar call came you know I, I realised that my hand was in the air and. Uh, <laughs> Um, and then he said, would all those who put their hands up please come forward? And so I wandered down the front only to find out I was the only one. Wow, um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but the next day I woke up and I was different, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but then another memory is that um, we had a guy who was part of the mission agency called uh, Tommy Evans. Mm-hmm. And um, he he um, 
he, he just had a real passion for the Holy Spirit. Um, but he moved in signs and wonders. And I remember when I was eight years old, he came to our mission station. And uh, there, there was just a, like an outbreak of a move of God that mm. impacted the whole region. Wow. And um, uh, that really impacted my life and my ministry. So I'd love to hear you speak a bit of pigeon for us, mate. Can you can you say uh, John three sixteen in pigeon for us? <laughs> uh, that, that's probably a bit hard. Me sabe little little pigeon. Oh, okay. So what's that mean? It means I know a little bit. You now. know a little bit of pigeon. Yeah. yeah. I used to know, I used to be able to preach in it, but um, over yeah. the years, you know, yeah. Because I learned to speak in pigeon. Um, <laughs> it's a terrible joke. That's right. But uh, they call God Big Pella. Yeah, Remember big that? Pella. Big Pella. Yeah, big Pella. And you're my one talk. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So that's like your friend? Uh, even your more tro- than that, it's like we're, we're, we're one people. One people? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. So you've got to look after me and I've got to look after you Yeah. wherever we meet up anywhere because we're one talks. We're one talks. Yeah. Uh, very good. So same language, same tribe. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And <clears throat> tell me a bit about your schooling. What was it like going to school there? Well, mum was my first teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, but I did distance education, uh, but she used that for the the uh, schools up there. Yeah. And um, so of course we somewhere have slides of uh, slide photos, you know, of mm-hmm. um, this one little white kid in the midst of a whole lot of Papua New Guineans in a classroom, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, so um, and she was pretty tough on me, I've got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I, I was the you know the son of the family, and so I had to be educated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. In fact, um, we were not allowed to speak pigeon in, in the house uh, because we learnt it far more quickly than learning pigeon because oh, we were right. outside amongst the kids all the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was banned in the house and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, quite severe punishment if we spoke pigeon in the house because we had to learn English, you know. <laughs> and tell us a bit about your teenage years. Did you feel a call to ministry at a young age? No, I ran from it uh, big time in my Did teenage you? years. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, I was one of those kids that didn't want to be like my dad mm-hmm. and um, didn't want to be a preacher uh, and, um, you know, did the thing that a lot of teenagers do, went off the rails in a few different ways. Yep. And uh, But when I was 18, um, I uh, went back to church one Sunday night and uh, had a real encounter with God. Mm. And um, that was at a church that used to be called Glad Tidings Tabernacle in the Valley here yeah. in Brisbane. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and that rock kind of brought me back on track. Mm. And um, and it was only really in my 20s when I um, felt a call to go to Bible college. And actually, I was I was touring with my first album and I was in Cairns. And uh, God spoke to me so clearly that when I got home, I was to enroll in Bible college. Mm-hmm. And so all my running days were over when it came to the call of God. <laughs> and, yeah. and let's just backtrack. Talk, tell us about your first album. Was that like a, a gospel album? Or? Uh, yeah, it is. But of course, in those days, rock music was said to be of the devil, right. Christian rock. Yep. Um, so uh, I was kind of too Christian for the world and too worldly for the Christians, apparently, um, <laughs> until we started seeing a lot of young people come to Christ as a result of the music yeah. uh, and preaching after doing about an hour concert, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and so then, you know, churches began to do events, you know, using bands like us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, recorded the album in 1978. Um, and um, we'd been playing some of those songs, you know, for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I had a lot of mates who were great musicians, and so um, there's a lot of different people on there. Um, and we got to do uh, some amazing things. You know, we, we supported Randy Stonehill and band at uh, Lang Park, well, Suncorp Stadium now. Wow. Also Dan Peake, who was um, from the band America. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when he left them and went solo, we supported him there. 
um, a whole bunch of great things that we did, you know, a lot of radio and television. And it was just one of those seasons where independent artists actually had a pathway. Yeah, yeah. You know? And um, so we kind of milked it for all it was worth back then. Very yeah. cool. Well, there's a bit of a link there with me. You know, I've been doing this History Makers radio show for 17 years now. Yeah, that's wild. And one of my first ever interviews was with Randy Stonehill. There you go. Uh, he played at Toowoomba <laughs> at Easter mm-hmm. Fest. And uh, I remember asking him about the Jesus Revolution. Yep. And he shared about how he was in a Bible study group with Larry Norman, yep. Keith Green, yeah. Bob Dylan, and all these, you know, John Wimber from the Vineyard Movement, all these Christian yep. legends, you know. Yep, that's right. Uh, so that would have been, you know, your era back then. Mm. Tell us a bit about your musical influences, uh, when, you know, back in that Jesus Revolution time. Well, Larry Norman was probably one of the biggest influences. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that style of kind of blues rock, yeah. basic stuff, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and, of course, Randy Stonehill was part of his, um, you know, record company and all that kind of stuff, record yeah. label. Um, and so all that kind of blues-based Christian rock sort of stuff was very much the influence. Another big one is Barry Maguire, who, oh, who I got to meet and work with and yep. hosted a concert up at Kings Beach Amphitheatre for him a few years back. Wow. All that kind of stuff. So, you know, the connections from the Jesus movement years, particularly in the 70s, have been huge for me and in the influence. And both musically, you know, and there's a guy called Randy Matthews, who a lot of people mm-hmm. today don't know a lot of, but, you know, he... he um, he was playing a huge festival um, in the U.S. and they actually turned the power off to get him off stage. That's, wow. that's how much they disliked so what we call Christian rock music back then. Wow, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, of course, I was young and that just inspired me that, you know, that um, we were doing the right stuff for our generation. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, but along with the music, then there was the, you know, a guy like Barry Maguire saw him so mature over the years that um, when I got to, to work with him, um, it, he just influenced me as a man, mm, you mm. know, as a man of God. Mm. And uh, so it's it's great to see a lot of these artists who are actually, you know, back playing, you know, regularly right across the yeah. US and other parts of the world. You yeah. Know? Well, there's another connection with Barry Maguire because, you know, many would have heard of his song Eve of Destruction was yeah. a massive hit in the secular music scene. Yeah. Uh, and he did some Christian kids songs as well, yeah. including uh, Bullfrogs and Butterflies. <laughs> and we had him in here at Vision Radio many years wow. ago singing that song, Bullfrogs and Butterflies. And it's actually uh, had over 50,000 views on our YouTube channel. It's, wow. it's the most popular video we've ever made. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here at the station. Yeah. And uh, he's a real legend, a, re- a real um, amazing man of God. Yeah. So tell us a bit about your tension that you had then. Like, were you thinking of going secular or did you want to do gospel music? You know, there would, there would have been a tension, I can imagine. Huh? It was definitely a tension because, um, uh, because I was doing, you know, uh, television shows with my, you know, t- particularly two songs off the first album. Yeah. I actually had an approach from EMI Records wow. offering me a contract on a single. Mm. And, of course, you know, that, that really created a uh, – upscaled the tension, if you will, mm. you know. Mm. Do I fully go this way or do I kind of um, continue to do the outreach stuff and mm-hmm. not go that way? Can mm-hmm. I do both, you know? In the end, you know, we actually passed up on that offer. Um, and, um, and of course, over the years, you wonder – where it might have led, yeah. Uh, but you've got to trust God with the decisions that you make, you know. And um, so um, it was a tension, but eventually, um, 
people began to realize that actually rock music wasn't of the devil, yeah. you know, and that um, myself and, and other artists and bands here in the greater Brisbane area and across Australia at the time were actually very genuine in reaching our generation for Christ, yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, so eventually that became the thing. But then when I came out of Bible college, became a, a youth pastor, and we continued using the music for evangelism. Yeah. Um, and then when I went from that to traveling as an evangelist, I would always have a guitar with me mm-hmm. if I went to preach at a church or a crusade or overseas or whatever. And so the music just continued alongside as the preaching and teaching ministry grew. Yeah, know? yeah. yeah. Now, I've got a copy of the, uh, the DVD here, the Jesus Revolution DVD. I, I watched it uh, at the cinemas when it first came out. Uh, after it, we did an altar call. And uh, two people gave the hearts to the Lord. Wow. Uh, we're actually screening it at our church again tomorrow night. We've got a free screening at uh, 7 o'clock at New Hope if anybody wants to come in Brisbane. Um, but this movie, I think, is one of the best Christian movies I've ever seen, mm. like A-grade quality. Yeah. Um, and there's a great scene in it where uh, the guy that's the hippie, you know, Lonnie Frisbee, yeah. um, uh, he's visiting this church with Chuck Smith at Calvary Chapel and and one of the elders complains that they're going to dirty the carpet because they've got dirty feet. The hippies have dirty feet, you know. <laughs> and there's a scene where some of the elders, they walk out. They're like, I've had enough of these hippies. I'm leaving. And one of the elders starts to walk out and then turns around and sits between two of the hippies. He puts his arm around them and he says, let's have church. And he loves on those hippies. Yep. Now, I reckon that's the kind of thing Jesus would do. Jesus would yeah. care for those hippies yep. and not complain about the carpet, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, is that what it was like? In, during yeah. the Jesus Revolution, was there, you know, the hippies and the, the old yeah. school Christians, you know, was, was there a lot of that? Very much so. There was some, um, because, you know, the, the hippies were coming to Christ in a, a great rate. And even here in Brisbane and, and, well, and surrounding areas and, of course, down into northern New South Wales, um, you know, we saw a lot of hippies coming to Christ, but the church struggled to embrace them. Yeah. And um, so then churches were formed um, by the hippies themselves in the in the end right um, but it was it was an amazing season because you could you could walk down the main streets of the, our CBD here in Brisbane and you know tell someone Jesus loved them and within five minutes they were giving their life to the Lord Wow there was such a hunger there was such a um, because the world was in, a, in in an uproar yeah you know the Vietnam War was just one part of that uproar you mm. know it was mm. going through a great time of change and um, so people were searching, and so the hippie generation was a searching generation. Yeah, and some, of course, didn't didn't find the Lord as the end of their search, but so many did. Yeah, and yeah. so while the Jesus Revolution focuses really on California and what spread from there, it was a huge time here in Australia. Yeah, um, I remember my own dad just not understanding. Yeah, you know, could not even understand how all these ragged-looking people with long hair and you know, <laughs> and of course we had a bell-bottom jeans and you had floral patches over your knees after the knees wore through and you had your tie-dyed t-shirts, which you tie-dyed yourself, by the way. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. None of us going to a shop to have a manufactured one, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so you just did not fit in a church where people wore suit and tie, mm, you know. Mm. Um, because as soon as you walked in, you were a spectacle. You yeah, know? yeah. So th- that made it really hard for a lot of people. But a lot of house meetings happened, you know, and if, and um, and and people just loved the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And then, as I say in the song, that and and learn to live according to the Word. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was that grassroots. It was about love for Jesus and love for His Word. Yeah, yeah so and, good. And it just spread. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are going to play your song shortly. Uh, it's called Revolution, your, your brand new song off your brand new album. Uh, tell us how the song came about. Mm. 
Well, I wrote it in 2003, so this is not kind of an attempt to, you know, hijack the Jesus Revolution movie or anything. Um, and um, played it a bit, um, so along with my band. And then uh, when we came to record this current album, uh, beginning in 2008, uh, it, it was a must-have on the album mm. <clears throat> because it was a season where things had so changed in the church that I began to think about the impact of the Jesus Revolution on my own life and mm. my peers. Mm. And um, and I was reconnecting with some of the people from back in the in the 70s. Mm. And so, mm. so that's how I began to think about it. And and then I just wrote it, not as, well, I suppose as you know, reminiscing, but really it's about my memories and experiences mm. of the Jesus Revolution. And, and, of course, it's about, well, we saw it, we heard it, we were there, you know. Uh, and so it's... It's something that people won't understand uh, unless they uh, hear people talk about their experiences and memories. And, of course, that movie, Jesus Revolution, yeah. just really brings it out to the fore, what it was like, you know. Very yeah. cool. Well, you're not going to believe this, Phil, but uh, the next ad we're about to play on our radio station is about the Jesus Revolution DVD, which is available <laughs> at Vision Store. I didn't plan this, friends. This was I think the Holy Spirit's planning something this morning that we didn't realise. So if you do want to get the DVD at Vision Store, we're going to play the promo in just a moment. Then we're going to hear uh, the brand-new song, Revolution, from Phil Spence. It's got a great bluesy rock kind of feel to it. Mm. And uh, if you want to have a chat with Phil, we're going to open the phone lines. You can call on 1-800-316-316. He's with us for the next 45 minutes, and we're going to be chatting uh, about the Jesus Revolution and how Australia needs another Jesus Revolution. Mm. Maybe you've got a question or a comment and you want to join the conversation. Phone lines are open. You can give us a call on 1-800-316-316. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we're going to hear that song uh, from Phil Spence, Revolution, in just a moment on Vision. Get ready to embark on a journey back to the early 1970s when a wave of change swept across the USA. Jesus Revolution is a gripping true story of transformation and the spiritual awakening of a generation that ignited a global movement of faith. Jesus Revolution follows the captivating story of a young Greg Laurie looking for all the right things in all the wrong places until he finds himself at the heart of the counterculture movement of faith that defied the norm, swept the nation, and changed countless lives forever. Now you can be part of the revolution with Jesus Revolution on DVD. Experience the passion, the music, and the transformative movement of faith that defined an era. Jesus Revolution. Available when you shop online with Vision. Click shop at vision.org.au.
the revolution. I love it. That is Phil Spence and his brand new single, Revolution. And we've got Phil with us in the studio, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, he uh, came to Christ during the Jesus Revolution uh, in the 70s. And uh, he hasn't got long hair anymore, but he's a pretty cool, pretty cool dude still. Uh, he's traveled the world preaching the gospel, uh, releasing music. He's written a whole bunch of great books about the kingdom of God. And he's our guest here for the next uh, 30 minutes or so. If you want to call and join the conversation, we've been chatting a bit about the Jesus Revolution. Maybe you've got a testimony or a question. Give us a call, 1-800-316-316. And we've got Wayne from Mackay in Queensland. How are you, Wayne? Yeah, great, mate. Excellent. Really good. Mate, have you got a question or a comment for Phil? Mate, I come out of that revolution in the 1970s. I started doing drugs. I ended up a drug addict for 22 years. I've been clean for 31 now, and now I work with the homeless. Awesome. Which there's a lot of, um, and it's just taken that unconditional love into the into that workplace where I work every day. And, and as the Holy Spirit manifests his presence in me and, and fills me with his presence, I believe that just flows onto the people that, that God brings me in contact with, including the staff. But it's it's a beautiful ministry, mate. I'm, I'm glad that God's taken me out of where I was in a, in a dark place for a long time to be able to work with people that are, uh, are caught up in that dark dark side. There, it's um it's my life, and um, I love it, mate. I'm working with a, an organisation by the name of Australian Street Aid Project, and um, it's. You know, I had to wait for God to bring me into that. I wanted to serve God, and I had been, but I could have very easily gone out and done my own thing. But I was told to wait by the Lord. I waited, and this is where he's got me. And it's it's absolutely beautiful, mate, working with these people. You know, you can relate to them. Yeah. And it's, like he said, bringing the church where he said, two of us, let's, let's do church. Well, the way I look at it, when I go to these people every day, it's like doing church with them get the opportunity to preach the gospel to them and, and just give them your testimony and, and just the unconditional love that, that God's placed in my heart. Just that's, I know it touches these people. That's awesome. Wayne, what are your thoughts on... on uh, oh, sorry, sorry, uh, Phil, what are your thoughts on uh, Wayne's comments there? Yeah, look, um, that's a great testimony, Wayne. And, um, you know, one of the things about the, um, the Jesus Revolution back in the 70s is that so many lives were changed uh, particularly out of the drug scene and and also out of criminal lifestyles and so on, and um, and then so many people whose lives were radically transformed uh, turned around to actually uh, be an agent for change to bring others into the kingdom and see their lives transformed as well. And so it it was an amazing time, and of course we still see that happening in various places in various ways. Because uh, this is what the kingdom of God's about. It's about bringing people out of that into the kingdom and uh, seeing their lives transformed so that God can use them to actually make a difference in other people's lives. So God bless you for what you're doing. Yeah, thanks, mate. Mate, man, you keep up the great work too, mate, because God's using you big time. Uh, Thank you, mate. Thanks, Wayne. God bless you, buddy. And phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. We've got Anne from Labrador. How are you, Anne? I'm fine, thank you. You got a question um, or a comment? So great to, um, it's so great to hear about you and how you uh, were involved in this revolution here in, when you were younger. But I just want to say thank you for the film that was put on because I got a chance to even um, tell other people about it when I came out of the film and to tell them to go and see it. And one of the ladies that I was telling about it just 
of cat note just met her and stuff and she said she was going to go and see it so I hoped she did go and see it so I was hoping that it would be a evangelist tool for people to get to come to know the Lord too so I think it was great that they were able to put that film in absolutely <laughs> yeah look um, the film is um, making such an impact around the world uh, I have you know friends you know from the Jesus Revolution time who have uh, been to see it and uh, couldn't stop crying afterwards and uh, so it's it's impacting those who live through that and, and have the memories but also there are a lot of people coming to Christ as a result of uh, watching that movie and uh, so the DVD is actually a great tool to actually sit down in your lounge room I reckon and, and uh, invite your neighbours or friends over uh, because um, God is somehow using that movie from a generation ago and what he did to, um, to bring people into the awareness of the need for Christ even now. Well, Anne, it's so good to hear from you again. Thanks so much for your call. That's okay. Good to hear from you too, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. God bless. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye. And if you'd like to call through, phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. Our guest in the studio for the next half hour is Phil Spence. He's a singer and songwriter and also a pastor and an author. Now, mate, uh, we've got a couple of minutes to the news. Just tell us a bit about what church life looks for you these days. Oh, church life's really changed for, for me because um, I um, I actually handed over the church that I was leading four years ago to, uh, to a pastor, mm-hmm. and I'm still the father of that house, but um, in a season where we're back you know, ministering amongst a lot of um, uh, churches and other groups, and so probably only back there every month or so uh, at the home church. Uh, but of course, over the years, you know, God's just opened up um, ministry in many, many nations for us. We have uh, networks of churches in many nations. And so um, post-COVID, we've been very busy back overseas uh, after not being able to travel for a while. And if people want to search up your website, uh, they can go to uh, philspence.com and yep. uh, find out all about your music. And you've also got another website, jabezmission.com, yes. where it lists all the books you've written and all that kind of stuff as well, hey? That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're also uh, active on social media. People can look you up there. Now, if people do want to book you, you're happy to travel and, and preach around the place at the moment, hey? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yep. When you when you do that, do you sing or do you just preach? Do you do the both? Or? Do both. <laughs> you do Absolutely. the both? Absolutely, yeah. So my wife Naomi sings with me. Yeah, yeah, good, good, and, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so it's acoustic guitar and, and both of us singing, or we also have backing tracks from the album and, and some other backing tracks as well that we use, so we mix it up a bit. Yep. And so sing and preach, and um, uh, these days, after many years of studying and writing books and teaching about the kingdom, that's pretty much all I can talk about. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, <laughs> mate. I love it. And I'm keen to uh, have a chat with you about some of these books you've written there. I've just been looking through your website, a whole bunch of books, including Dynamic Kingdom Living, uh, the Kingdom According to Jesus, The King and His Kingdom. I'm picking up a bit of a theme about the kingdom here. So we're going to be chatting about the kingdom of God and also the Jesus Revolution. Now, Phil, it's an honor to have you in the studio with us today. Um, I have heard a lot about you over the years, and we only met recently at the uh, the Brisbane uh, Citywide Leaders Network. And as soon as I met you, I just thought, wow, this guy's got a powerful message to share. One of the messages that you uh, are bringing and and the books that you've written is all about the kingdom. Yeah. What's the message of the kingdom that you like to bring? Well, you've got a couple of hours because that's <laughs> 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 no seriously. Um, uh, you know, the Lord showed me um, in the Gospels that Jesus talks so much about His kingdom, and then I realised there's only two verses where He mentions the church, and that kind of unhinged me. 
years ago, and um, and so I began. A, it began a quest for me to um, really search out the kingdom of God, and um, of course, uh, Jesus came as a king. Um, he didn't come as a religious leader. Uh, he came as the king of God's kingdom, and um, and he came to establish the kingdom here on earth. And when we really start to look through the gospels, particularly, but then through the rest of the New Testament, you can't miss it. And so for me, the the kingdom is the context for everything for us as believers, and um, and and I think I believe the church exists to be an authentic expression of God's kingdom in the world. And so the priority for us is actually to understand the kingdom, um, and then understand how to express it as the body of Christ in the world. Let's just unpack that a little bit because you know here in Australia, you know we've got the monarchy, we've got King Charles. Yeah. Who is in England, mm-hmm. and you know, there's some people that are Republicans, some people are monarchists. You know, I'm not, yep. not going to go into that political <laughs> side of things, but we kind of understand it that there's a king mm-hmm. who is in authority, and yep. we're kind of under his, you know, in the Commonwealth. We kind of get it, mm. but it's a bit different when you look at Jesus and his kingdom. Uh, yeah. Just unpack that for us. Well, there's some similarities to what you've just suggested because, um, firstly, you know, Australia was a colony of. You know Britain, mm. um, which is why we still have the British monarch as our monarch. Mm. Uh, so therefore, even though we're a sovereign nation, there's still that connection and that relationship. Yeah. And while the king's authority is not the same as it was previously, um, the principle there is actually applies to the kingdom of heaven here on earth, mm. uh, because it's almost like um, you know God sent Jesus, you know, to invade earth. Um, you know, make it a colony to look like heaven, mm, you know. Mm. Um, but, of course, that means that um, the authority comes from somewhere else. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And, um, but, of course, Jesus has absolute authority. Mm-hmm. He has all authority. That's the big difference. Um, and when we understand his kingship, then that changes how we live as, as believers. Mm. It, even, it changes our relationship with him, you know, because it's, he's not just our savior, but he's our king. And so, therefore, we, we walk in his authority, you know, we, um, uh, we, we have a different legal system that we function under. We have a different economic system, you know, that we function with. And the list goes on. Our culture is different. And so these are all the things I've written about, about how that in the kingdom of God, you know, what does that change for us as believers in the body of Christ here on earth, understanding that Christ is our king and we're in his kingdom. Now, one of the book titles that I'm reading here on your website uh, is called Establishing Kingdom Community. Discovering what made the original church so attractive. Uh, I remember a few years ago preaching through the whole book of Acts. I just did every week, I did a different chapter of Acts. Mm. And I said, guys, this is our blueprint. This is what we're meant to be doing, you know. And sure, there was lots of good stuff. There was, you know, Pentecost, there was revival, there was healing and miracles. But there was also a lot of persecution in the book of Acts. And people say, we should have church like the book of Acts. Well, that means you're going to have a lot of trouble as well. Um, But just unpack that for us. What does a kingdom community look like? And how can we get back to that original blueprint of the book of Acts? Well, that book actually is written out of um, Acts 2 from verse 42 to 47. Oh, I love those verses. Yeah. Yeah. And so it begins with what I call the four pillars you know, which yep. is um, the Apostles' Doctrine, uh, Fellowship, which is not just, hi, how you doing? It's uh, doing life together in the kingdom. Uh, breaking of bread, which actually is not that thing we do in the service. Um, in the early church, it was actually they had every meal together and, and meal, Christ yeah. was the focus, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and then prayers, which is every way we communicate with God and he communicates with us. Mm. And then it talks about how that rolled out. 
and what the impact of it was on the community. And, um, and, and eventually people are added daily to the church because the, the body of Christ was so attractive in the way they were founded upon these four things and then how that rolled out in their lives and interaction with one another and with their community. Mm. So that's what that book's about. Oh, I love it. Mm. I just want to mention too, phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. Phil Spence is our guest for about another 10 minutes or so. Uh, often at the end of the conversation, Phil, is when people call, and I'm like, oh, we're about to finish. So if you do want to call, now is the time, 1-800-316-316. Uh, maybe you've got a question about the kingdom of God and how our churches can look a little bit more like the book of Acts. Maybe you've got a question or a comment on that. Maybe you want to share what your church is doing uh, to be a little more like the Kingdom of God uh, community we see in, in the book of Acts. Give us a call. Phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. Now, mate, I should just mention a couple of other things. Uh, you do have an event coming up, the Freedom Music Festival. Yes. You're going to be doing some music there at the sunny coast. Tell yep. us all about that. Yeah, it's on a farm outside Gympie, actually, and um, we were supposed to be there last year uh, to launch this album, but things got held up and, mm -hmm. and uh, we weren't able to be there. Um, but going to be there this year, and um, of course, it's growing every year, uh, from what I can understand. Uh, and really looking forward to just being amongst a bunch of other, you know, Christian artists and preachers and so on. Um, you know, for a weekend of just great celebration together. Yep. Fantastic, yeah. and I know my good friend Matty Russell yes. often will rap and preach there. He does, and uh, he's a mighty man of God, and a uh, whole bunch of. Is it Jail Rathbone? I think yes, is his name. Jail yeah. from Gympie. He's yeah. a great singer songwriter too, isn't yes, he? Yes, yeah, so, whole bunch of uh, Aussie artists there. So if you want to support the Freedom Music Festival, you can look it up, and you can catch Phil there. And mate, when you uh, share in a church, uh, obviously you, you do some music, you know. What's what's the main message that's on your heart these days? You know, what, what's the what's God saying to you to share with our nation right now when you travel and speak? I find uh, that we're talking a lot about sonship these days mm -hmm. because um, we're not just followers of Jesus; we're sons of God. Yeah, you know, and um, maturity as believers is, I think, starts when we understand our sonship of our yeah. Father in heaven. Mm. Then, then we walk with Him differently. Uh, just like, um, you know, what happens in a, a, a really tight family, you know, like I've got three sons and, um, you know, and we have great relationship. Uh, and of course, they serve differently because they're my sons. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so the, the need for, for service in the body of Christ in the church and so on, it changes when we understand sonship, mm. you know, and, um, and also when we understand sonship, there's no competition anymore mm. Mm. because we're all one in Christ. We're all equal so good. under our Father in heaven. And um, so, yeah, I, I've, uh, recent times, and I've been asked a lot to actually go to places, even to other nations, specifically to speak about sonship. I they? love it. Mm. I actually interviewed a, a, another Phil recently named Phil Mason from oh, yeah. Tribe in Byron Bay, a great church in Byron. Yep. And he talked a lot about sonship, and he said, one of the problems we have as Christians is we, we have orphanitis. Yes. So we think like we're orphans. Yeah. And when you think like you're an orphan, you don't realize you're loved by God and you, you're adopted into his family, and you have orphan thinking. Yep. You speak orphan words. You make orphan decisions. Yes. And uh, I, I likened it to um, a, a couple of girls from Papua New Guinea. So there's a lovely Papua New Guinean single mum in our church, and uh, my wife took her away to a women's retreat, and she said, oh, Matt can look after your daughters for the weekend. <laughs> so with my... 15 and 17-year-old, we looked after these two gorgeous little Papua New Guinean girls. When they turned up at our house, they were like, oh, we can't put our feet on the chair. We can't go to the fridge. We, uh, ooh, we're at the pastor's house. They were like, 
They were like orphans. <laughs> yep, yep. Visiting the big the big shot pastor's house, you know what I mean? And then throughout the day, I made them a sandwich. They played with my puppies. Uh, we went for a bike ride, you know. We went for a swim at the pool or whatever, you know. And by the end of the day, they they felt like they were my daughters. Yeah. Because I had relationship with them. And they changed their thinking from thinking like orphans at the start of the day. Yeah. To being like my own children by the end of the day, and they were going to the fridge helping themselves. You know, they were they were feet up on the lounge. You know, yeah. they they thought they were at home. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference between orphan thinking yes. and sonship thinking, isn't it? It certainly is. You know, it's understanding who we are in relationship with our heavenly Father, and knowing that we don't have to pursue blessings because we are blessed because of who our Father is. You that's know? right, absolutely. We, we, um, his grace and favor goes before us because yeah. we're His sons. Yeah, it changes everything. So true. Well, if you want to call, our guest today is Phil Spence, singer, songwriter, and author, and evangelist. Our phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. We've got Kate calling from Neil in Victoria. How are you, Kate? Uh, good, thanks, Matt. Have you got and a question so or a comment for Phil? How are you? Good. Um, yeah, sorry. I just, well, I actually got saved in the 90s, um, kind of when Pensacola and all that was happening. But I just wanted to tell you that my best friend, who I hope to be marrying soon, um, actually like actually gave his heart to the Lord. But I actually took him because um, he's eleven years older than me, and I t- he went to see the Jesus Revolution movie, and this is pretty amazing because he's been in Australia for thirty-eight years, and it was the first movie he's seen at the cinema. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I mean that was big. Yeah, and he actually paid paid for both of us to go as well, which was, you know, even more amazing. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so that was pretty amazing. Um, I just wanted to actually ask you, if you don't mind, because I've had a pretty rocky road as a Christian, um, and I'm still working through a lot of my own issues. I'm actually 53. Um, I really want to work with, like, um, I've got a heart to work with, like teenage girls and I believe God is, you know, he's leading me in that direction. I'm actually interested to listen to this next person, Anna Harris, that you're going to have on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I just love what you're doing and um, just want to thank you for all that you're doing. And yeah, if you've got any advice, um, any advice for me, uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Phil, so, any, Phil, any thoughts or comments uh, for Kate? Yeah, look, um, Working through the issues with the Lord is um, a process. There's no doubt about that. Um, but, of course, what we've just been talking about, about sonship, uh, does actually help with all of that uh, hugely um, because um, it means that we, 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 we're not focused on the issues then, but we're actually focused more on who our Heavenly Father is, and it opens the door more for Him to be able to bring us through that transition you know, to wholeness and to maturity in Christ. And so often we can easily get focused on the problems, the issues, and how do we fix them? How do we get through them? Uh, but sometimes the shift of focus makes all the difference because it opens the door for the power of God and the love of God and the life of God to be able to bring about the transformation we need. Yep. So, okay. Kate, so Kate, right. while we Thank got you, you, Kate, is it okay yep. if we ask Phil to pray for you today? Um, I would absolutely love that because I've, sorry, I've really got a heart to serve the Lord. And, um, yeah, I've, I'm sorry, I said it's a bit weird because I am 53. Um, I've been a Christian since I was 25. And I do believe that God's going to release me in ministry soon. Um, he's been working on me for a long time. Um, I actually had a business that, 
like I got attacked online last year, about a year ago, so I had kind of a mental breakdown in the last year and I'm just coming out of that and I'm about to start, like try and restart my business. Um, and I think I've got about five books in me because I've had a pretty unusual life, but just, yeah, I would absolutely love someone to pray for me. That would be absolutely amazing. Thank you. All right, Phil, thanks. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you know all things and um, nothing's too difficult for you. And Lord, for us, sometimes it seems overwhelming and seems impossible, and yet nothing is impossible for you. And Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that um, uh, that that sense of impossibility and being overwhelmed will 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 leave now in Jesus' name, and let new faith and new hope arise. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that um, uh, that that there will be a coming out of the things that have been overwhelming and seemingly impossible. And Lord, I thank you that it's never too late in you. Um, Lord, we think of Moses and the fact that he was 80 years old when he began. And, um, and so, Lord, we, th- we thank you that it, our age is not a problem. It's about it, and that you can accelerate things and, uh, no matter how much time we've lived and how much time we have left. And so I just pray for our sister today and just pray for new hope, new faith, Lord, and for, for you to bring her out of this place where everything seems impossible and overwhelming and bring her to a place of freedom and strength and victory in you today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks Phil. for your call, Thank Kate. You, Thanks a lot. God bless you. God Ray. bless. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, Phil, I reckon that was uh, one of the main reasons that you came into the radio today, to pray for Kate and encourage her. And I'm sure thousands of others have been encouraged as well. But, you know, Jesus would leave the 99 to go after the one, wouldn't he? You, you know, and uh, Kate was the one today. So good on you, Kate. Thank you for your call. Uh, now, Phil, before we wrap up today, uh, I just want to mention a couple of things. Uh, your books are available through your website, jabezmission.com. Tell us how the name of uh, Jabez Mission came about. Well, I've been doing uh, increasing things overseas and um, uh, came across the prayer of Jabez one day, already knew of it, but it was like the the statement that Jabez says about increase my territory leapt off the page. And um, and so I just so identify with that that Christ was the Lord was increasing my territory, my influence, and yeah. so so that's why we um, adopted the name, and uh, and and actually we've um, we, we've added a, a, a another name to our ministry at the moment, which comes out of that, which is enlarge. Oh right, E N L A R J is how we're spending it, mm-hmm. and, uh, spelling it rather. And um, and we actually have a new website called enlarge.com, Okay, um, which is. You know, similar but different from the the Jabez one. Uh-huh. Uh, so we've got two going at the moment, <laughs> uh, but all our books are available through the website. Mm-hmm. But you order the paperbacks um, from Amazon through Amazon. our website. Yeah, fantastic! Lots of great titles there, inc- including the Governance of the Kingdom under the Apostolic Umbrella, uh, Establishing Kingdom Community, which I mentioned before, yeah. uh, the Kingdom of Grace, Kingdom of Kindness. Uh, a real theme of the kingdom there. I'm loving it. So, and also you've got some in Urdu as well, which is great to see you translating yep. into other nations, hey? Yeah, we are. We've got six in Swahili. Ah. Um, got one in Khmer for Cambodia. Two more ready to go. Love it. So God's just putting it on people's hearts to actually translate for their people. Yeah. And um, and then people are, are sewing in to be able to get the books printed in those nations. So very exciting. 
Praise God. But once again, people can uh, do a Google search for Phil Spence and you can find those websites also at philspence.com. You can see uh, the new music and the new uh, song Revolution that we played a little bit earlier. Uh, and uh, if people want to book you uh, to speak or sing at churches, you're happy to travel. Yep. And uh, I'd love to get you along at New Hope soon, so I might have to you know, open up the calendar. So yeah, Love to be there. Mate, it's been so good uh, to connect with you today. I uh, really appreciate your time today, mate. Thanks for joining us in the studio. Oh, thanks so much for the privilege, Matt. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.